0: Hi, Amy. Hey. This is Amy Lamb. She's the associate editor of Bitch Magazine, and she's here to share an essay with us, right?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this essay.
0: Tell us about this essay and uh, who wrote it and where you found it. So um, I'm in the group group
1: that's uh, comprised of like writers and artists of color locally in Portland. And it's, it's a really casual social group. And we just get together just to like hang out and support one another. And within the group, we have like smaller groups, you know, specifically for writers or performance artists, and things like that. But we have like a secret Facebook page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a secret club. Um, but Uh, Oftentimes, like folks will post random things in there just to be like, hey, heads up, this is happening or like check out this essay. And another writer in the group, he posted a link to this essay and um, it really hit home for a lot of us in the group. And um, it just speaks a lot to like writing about race as a person of color.
0: Great. Well, what's the title of the essay and who wrote
1: it? It is called Report from the Field, Racial Invisibility and the Erasure in the Writing Workshop by Lisa Lee. And where was it published? It was published on vidaweb.org, and uh, Vida is an organization that promotes women in literary arts. And so, it's a great place to learn more about like um, women and particularly women of color representation in literature.
0: Great. Well, let's hear this essay. You're gonna you're gonna read it aloud for us. Lisa Lee, the author of the essay, gave us permission to read it on the show, and you're gonna read it in her stead because she has a newborn child and is. The child is screaming in the background all the time. <laughs> well, that's what she says. She's like, my newborn is crying
1: a lot. And then she explained why newborns cry a lot. Uh, the, and it's because I guess they have to fart and they can't. so <laughs> they're, they're crying until they can. And then after they can fart, they're like happy babies. Um, so that's why I'm reading her essay for her because
0: her baby has to fart a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for, for reading this essay, Amy. Let's get into it.
1: In a novel excerpt I turned into workshop, my narrator uses the word chinky. My narrator is a Korean-American woman speaking to a successful Chinese-American woman accusing her of being a sellout. One of my peers in the workshop, another woman, white, circled that word, chinky, and wrote in the margin, really, seems too harsh. On another page, next to a description of the narrator expressing anger at impossible beauty standards, which for Asians can mean looking more white, she wrote. What? Wow, really? After class reading this, seeing the circles and arrows drawn on the page, I felt a discomfort that I've grown too accustomed to, a feeling that was once paired with shame, later with anger, and now with annoyance. It's triggered when I'm confronted with a person who is confused or surprised that my racial background and immigrant family would make my experience different from her own. Or when a person is surprised or in disbelief that racism exists, affects people's lives, or that I think it shouldn't be tolerated. I talk about race in nearly all conversations. I don't care if I make someone uncomfortable, if it costs me something, a connection, a job, a fellowship. Not talking about it costs me more. I write fiction about race and its intersections with gender, class, and sexuality. Now I feel attention when I talk to white people. Often I detect fear, intimidation, and anxiety of my judgment. Paired with this, I sense bitterness and envy. White people have told me that they feel left out of the conversation on race, that people of color assume their ignorance, that they feel attacked, that they're disadvantaged and missing opportunities because they fear that institutions and the publishing industry are trying to promote diversity and fill minority gaps. Never mind that these institutions still are and have always been dominated by white people. For example, nearly 90% of full-time professors are white, nearly 90% of publishing industry is white, and nearly 90% of books reviewed in the New York Times were authored by white writers according to Roxane Gay's 2012 study. The woman I described in the opening of this essay repeatedly confused my fictional narrator with myself, making it clear that she was reading my fictional novel as a memoir. Critics, readers, and writers tend to believe that writers of color are only capable of writing autobiography, that the land of imagination and creativity is for white people. Writer and artist David Mirror writes, Quote, the divide between the way whites and people of color see the social reality around them is always there in our society. But this divide often remains invisible or obscured, especially in our current climate where the issues of race are avoided rather than discussed. A friend of mine committed suicide last year. She jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. She was a public defender, a generous person, a happy person. I had never heard her complain about anything, or voice a negative opinion about anyone. She had no history of mental health problems, or at least had never been diagnosed with one. She left no note. Before she jumped, she finished her work at the public defender's office where she had been employed for 10 years. Cases that could be completed, she closed, and for those that needed to be passed on, she wrote scrupulous notes and relayed the files to co-workers. Everything was taken care of and in order. She drove six hours from Southern California to San Francisco. The video surveillance footage shows her walking calmly, alone. My friend was Indian American. In several studies that specifically examined the incidence of suicide among Asian Americans, and particularly Asian American women, research shows that there is a far greater incidence of suicide suicidal thoughts, and suicide attempts among Asian Americans than among other ethnic and racial groups. My grief for my friend and her family overcomes me at times, with no warning. Assimilation, the whole model minority myth, it's a way for white America to uphold one community of color at the expense of others, to reinforce racial hierarchy, and render discrimination against Asian Americans invisible. The need to make a race invisible is damaging to the psyches of people of color. The racers of our histories, our experiences of discrimination, and the trauma of how we got here cause gaps in our identity and consciousness. It heartens me to know that more people are talking about this in the media. Let's keep the responses coming. Let's make ourselves be heard.
0: was an essay by Lisa Lee, who's the recipient of the 2016 Pushcart Prize for her novel excerpt Paradise Cove. Her work has appeared in Plowshares, North American Review, Sycamore Review, Gulf Coast, and elsewhere. You can read the full essay at vitaweb.org. We'll link it from the podcast page on bitchmedia.org. It was read by Amy Lamb.